Sherry, since the Russian invasion, your group has been working really hard to help children in Ukrainian orphanages and boarding schools. Give us an idea of what New Horizons for Children is doing. Okay, so we've actually been in Ukraine since around 2009. We've been doing things to support children who are in institutional care over there. So this isn't new for us. And I was actually over, the plans were to go over before the war to be preventative. How can we help our orphanages? Are there any schools we need to evacuate um, to get children to a safer area in Ukraine? So that was all in the works and the war broke out while I was there. Very overwhelming. Um, So that's what got us there. So then when we got there and the, the war started breaking out, we were moving some of our kids to safer regions and we were watching a lot of things unfold as the war unfolded. You know, initially people thought it was going to be a day or two. It got really big, really quick, and it kept going and going. So it's like plans were changing every day. Um, But initially it was to rescue and evacuate the orphanages that we work with, get them to a safer place. It quickly changed to, you know, how, which schools do we need to evacuate? Which ones can we evacuate? And it, it was the middle of a war zone, right? And so we were spending time in bunkers, and it was getting really, really scary. Um, and there were you know, distinct moments that really stand out to me where I was just like, Lord, what are we doing here? Like, you know, we've, we've got the majority of our, the schools that we work with are, are now on, on the western side or they're across the border. It's safe. Lord, just I'm I'm ready to go home. When I get out of this bunker, I'm out of here. Um, that next morning, after we got out of the bunker, we had been telling the military what we were doing, and they asked to follow up with us. And in that conversation, they're like, "What we're doing with these few, we need to do with a lot of children. And would you stay and partner with us to evacuate children from the east and move them to the west?" Um, so overnight, God just made it very clear. There's a plan and purpose for you here. Let's get to work. So the East, of course, is where things were much closer uh, war-wise. There had been war ongoing in the East, uh, off and on for a number of years. But uh, uh, even now, it's it's more intense there. What's it like to, to see these children, to interact with them, to be doing things in the middle of the night? Just could you describe it to us? It's incredibly terrifying, right? The first night that I was in in an area where the sirens went off, you know, the first sirens, it's kind of like tornado sirens here in the States. You hear it, you kind of go do your thing. But then after a few sirens and you're hearing this Ukrainian voice blaring across the country, yelling at you to run, hide, take shelter, it gets very, very intense very quickly and very scary. And, And I was an adult who was, further away from the fighting zones. And I was feeling that fear. I can't fathom what these children have gone through and experienced and the amount of terror they have been through being right in these areas where the shelling is ongoing every day. It's, it's, it's beyond comprehension. Like when you're sitting in a bomb shelter, you know, you learn, you get in the bomb shelter, you, you wait and you listen to hear if you hear missiles flying over. You wait to hear if the anti-missiles connect with them. You wait to hear if the, the explosions start happening. You're, you're just sitting there in anticipation. And, and 
in on the western side of the country, that's not continual. These kids coming from the eastern side, it's all day. It's all night. It's it's terrifying. How many children would you say up to this point you've been able to help? So we've just, you know, every day we're, we're bringing in more kids as we're not evacuating all the children in Ukraine. We're evacuating the children who are in those dangerous regions and moving them. Um, and so as events change, different areas become, you know, a need for evacuation. Just this past week, we, we crossed over the thousand mark for how many children we've now moved to the western side of Ukraine that we're caring for on a daily basis. So for the most part, you are able to keep the children within Ukraine as opposed to going to Poland or Moldova and so forth? Yeah, that and that's become really important to us because, you know, when I first went there, it was pre-war and our thoughts were very different. Things were very different. Then the war unfolded. And I got to see some of what was going on on the border and with the orphanages and schools that had crossed the borders. And, you know, these children, they're all in institutional care. They've all had, you know, complex developmental traumas throughout their life. They have trauma that they're already carrying. Now we're pulling them out of these war-torn regions. And I was watching as you're moving them across the border and they're you know, the, the neighboring countries are doing everything they can to be supportive. But there are 4 million refugees fleeing Ukraine. And you've got these children who are just kind of being located somewhere. And it opens them up to all sorts of risks for trafficking. And because this has changed into a long-term situation now, I mean, they're going into a new culture, a new language, you know, a new school. Some are being separated from their caregivers. I mean, we're just adding more and more trauma. And that was where the idea came as we were talking with the Lviv authorities. You know, we've got to stop the trauma, right? We've got to do something. We've got to create some kind of pause in this process to protect these kids. And so we made our, our memorandum of you know, understanding with them. We have an agreement to help them evacuate from the East and we build in the West. We've, the regional authorities, I can't say enough about them. They are amazing. They keep finding us locations where it's like dormitory settings or, you know, any kind of setting that we can renovate and convert into something that the children can use that's safe and warm, warm water, bathrooms. Um, We're bringing in, you know, blankets and bedding and medicine and providing medical care. And then we're also providing trauma-informed care, helping the caregivers understand helping them take care of themselves because self-care is so, so important right now. And we have to take care of those caregivers who are coming from these war-torn regions with the children, taking care of them so that they can then help the children with the trauma. So the whole point of the safe havens was to just stop some of the chaos and some of those additional traumas and just create a space to breathe. And all of the safe havens are very close to the border and we have emergency plans in place. If we need to emergency evacuate all the kids across the border, we can do that. But this just gives us a safe stopping place to just to stop the trauma because it's continual over there. And it sounds like, of course, this is short term, but long term, it sounds like things are going to be going on for quite a while. And it, it, you know, every day things change in Ukraine and you, you don't know exactly you know, what's going to happen or how to predict what's going to happen. Um, 
the shelters that we've renovated are there's not going to be any problem maintaining those for months if we need to but we're starting to explore what are our options you know when this conflict's resolved lots of these schools have been blown up in the east there's no place for these children to even go back to and so what is that going to look like and what do we need to do it's one thing to create a temporary shelter that's safe and warm and, and takes care of our needs right now but these are children and they've got a lot more needs than just this moment of getting them safe. And so we're just starting to think about and plan for how, how do we do this for the next two, three, four, five years? How do we help, you know, Lviv regional authorities, the, you know, the defense administration, how do we help them protect and build into securing the future for those children? So that's all in the works. All right. What, as a Christian, as, as a human being, what goes through your mind and in your heart as you consider what these children have have gone through? You know, it you you can't. It's hard to describe war until you've been there. You know, like I was saying, that moment when I was, you know, the first bomb shelter. It, it was like, oh, it's a tornado siren. But then it happens the third or the fourth or the fifth time, and it's always in the middle of the night because it's meant to evoke terror and fear and and what that does to your body and to your soul over days and now we're talking weeks and weeks that the children have been experiencing that on the east side you know it's it's horrifying at you know there's just no other way to describe it and yeah I I had moments where I was just like you know Lord you I'm I'm done I got to get out of here I need to go back the U.S., I need to go home to my babies, to my family, and take care of my people. And and I'm just like, Lord, you know, we, we've done a lot with the schools that we work with, the orphanages we work with, and Lord, I'm ready to go home unless you make it really clear that I need to stay. I'm out of here. I, I was so afraid. Um, and that next day was when, we, you know, the um, the military administration contacted us and said, we, we want to talk with you about what you're doing. And they called us in and they asked us to sign this agreement with them saying that we were going to help them evacuate all the children in Ukraine who needed support and get them all into safe havens. And it went from, you know, a few hundred kids of mine to whichever children in the country need to be evacuated. I was like, okay, Lord, that's very, very clear. Let, let's, let's get it done. Um, and that's what we've been working on ever since. That's what I keep going back to. So my fear went from, you know, I'm in a bomb shelter and I'm risking everything and I don't know what's going to happen to 24 hours later. Wow. God has made it very clear what we need to do. He's paved the way. He's, we just need to be faithful and step up. And, and the fear went away because reality, this is, this is God saying, do this. There's no other place I want to be. And whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And it's all, you know, in God's hands. That's the peace and that security that I know, being a follower of Jesus Christ, that's what we want to be able to bring to these children, that kind of confidence and trust. You're not alone in this kind of crisis. There's a God who loves you, who cares for you, and he's surrounding you with resources and people who are going to make this work. So, yeah, it's just at the end of the day, it's my faith that gets me through. There. You, it's war. It, it, there's just nothing that can describe what's going on there. It's awful. 
and, and it, it, without faith, I, I can't imagine. And clearly what you're doing needs prayer and financial support. How can people who are listening or are reading come alongside to, to help you out? Absolutely. First and foremost, there's no doubt in my mind, this, this has to be continually covered in prayer. We need people praying for safety, but we also need people praying that God just moves the hearts of men and stops the conflict. We don't want any more innocent lives, children, women being slaughtered. It's awful. So we just, we need prayer. This, following that, we need resources. It's really, you know, there are over, close to 5 million people trying to leave Ukraine. Sending people and sending, you know, it, it's not reasonable. There are so many Ukrainians there who want to help, and that's who we're trying to empower to help the children. And But the way to do that is financial resources. You know, to send one small box from the U.S. to Ukraine costs $56. But I have a, a store in Ukraine that's giving us wholesale name brand tennis shoes for $10. So it's it's not cost effective for us to try to collect things in the States and send it or to send teams of people. What we really, really need are resources. We need the financial resources. And people, if they want to support this, and it's all going towards the work of the children, we are focused on evacuating and, and putting in the safe havens, you know, the children, the orphan children of Ukraine. And that's, you know, that's a command of scripture. That's why we're there to take care of the orphaned. Um, the way to support us in doing that is you can go to our website, which is nhfc.org, which stands for New Horizons for Children. So nhfc.org. Or you can follow us on Facebook, which is just New Horizons for Children. You can see some of our videos of our rescues and things that we're talking about that we're doing. We try to post regularly about the work that we're doing in the safe havens. But, yeah, prayer and financial support are the big key things right now. And finally, if you had the opportunity for a face-to-face conversation with Vladimir Putin, what would you say? That's a good question. At the end of the day, I remind myself, God loves this man. And yes, he's doing evil, evil things. But it's because of the evil one, not because of Putin. It's, it's he's being led by evil. And at the end of the day, if I had to sit down with him, I would just want to convey to him that there's another way. That the, the innocence of these children are being taken from them. And there's another way to go about life. I mean, and hope and future. And yeah. It's, I want it to stop, but at the same time, I recognize you know, God loves him like he loves me. And that's hard to wrap your hands around, especially when you're seeing the disaster. Um, but he does. And if there's any way to redeem that man's heart, that's got to be our goal. We need to be praying for him as much as we're praying for these kids. Understood. Sherry, I really appreciate your, your talking with us, your, your upcoming trip to Ukraine. Uh, we, we pray for protection, uh, much wisdom, and that uh, uh, God's just going to continue to uh, to guide what you and the organization does. Thank you so much for talking Thank with us. Thank you so much. I just, yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time.